Everyone faces challenges every single day. Some are chosen and bring us joy. Some are given to us and bring struggle or pain. Whether the diagnosis of an illness, the news of a friend's death, the loss of a job, or a bike accident, we may be asked to step up to face issues that demand courage and perseverance. Hurt is just one of the many aspects of full lives. Each week on this show, ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope, Dr. Joanne Dahl helps us understand how we can use acceptance and commitment therapy to learn to accept what we cannot change and move forward into a valued life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joanne Dahl. Welcome to Taking Hurt to Hope. Today we're going to get intimate with something that most people shy away from. Pain. Real physical pain. How can something so physical feel so different depending on the situation? My guest today is Dr. Brian Kirsch, who is a psychiatrist with a specialty in helping people with chronic pain. He's at the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Toronto and a member of the multidisciplinary pain service at one of Toronto's teaching hospitals. You can learn more about Brian from his website, which is on the host page, and you can click on his name. So welcome, Brian. Thank you. Brian, uh, if we had a person here right with us now who's suffering at this moment from pain, how would you approach this person? Well, for me, I think the most important posture of approach is one of compassion. Too often, health practitioners become frustrated with individuals with chronic pain, and they're not very compassionate. But I know that these people are suffering terribly, are genuine and suffering, so I try to be as kind and open and compassionate as I can. You know, Brian, I, I met you uh, recently, but it was very clear from meeting you that you that you do really care and feel empathy for people in pain. Uh, I know that you have told me that you yourself have suffered from uh, chronic headache and neck pain. So how do, how does that affect the way you you feel about people with pain? Well, I think it's been the most important for way I get information or I've learned about chronic pain, my own chronic pain syndrome. You know, most physicians don't get well-trained in chronic pain. Physicians get trained sort of like this with respect to pain. 65-year-old man with crushing chest pain going down the left arm, diagnosed the heart attack. Or 7-year-old boy with right lower quadrant, colicky kind of pain, diagnosed the appendix and get it out. But they don't really, doctors don't get good training with uh, for patients with chronic pain, it's not well understood. It's getting better, but not well understood. And so I graduated medicine without a lot of knowledge about what chronic pain is all about. And it was my own chronic pain syndromes that taught me the most about chronic pain by far. Yeah. What, what did you learn from your own pain, Brian? Well, I learned, of course, that it's very real. And that's another thing patients and clients going to see health professionals experience, that there's a feeling that maybe that they're not really appreciated or believed, but chronic pain or all kinds of pain hurt. It's very real. And um, I learned also that it's a great teacher. It's actually been one of my greatest teachers. It's taught me about life. It's taught me about myself, all the things I had to do to manage my pain. Because in the early years of my pain syndrome, it actually started off when I was 15 with headaches. I was a pretty tense kid. 
for a bunch of reasons, I, I guess I felt I didn't fit in very well. And I, I had some social anxiety, actually still do now to a certain extent. And so I probably worked extra time to try to fit in and be quote unquote normal, put myself under a lot of tension. And so my headaches started off in that capacity, then got really bad. My 20s was really miserable with migraines and neck pain. It was really quite a nightmare. And I guess in some ways as a physician, I was a young physician at the time. I was a bit lucky because I knew, lucky and not lucky, I knew that there isn't any treatment for chronic pain. Most mm. people continue to look for treatments. But one thing I knew after graduating medical schooling was that there isn't any treatment for it. So I got that message early. And I knew I had to do the changing and the growing to be able to manage and, and reduce my pain. So over the next five years, or you know, my, into my 20s and 30s, uh, all the things I did to manage my pain did two things. First of all, it helped me grow as a human being, to learn about myself, about stress, about physical things like body posture and exercise, etc. But it also taught me so much about, uh, about life about life itself, I grew as a human being. And as I did that, in fact, my medical career, my health career, I got better and better. And so it's been a teacher for me. And at the same time, my pain levels have come down considerably. So I'm happy to say I manage pain well, live a full life. That sounds, that sounds good, Brian. You know, I, I just, what you said about um, that you felt you stressed yourself and, and got tensed and that that probably had a connection to the pain. This is my feeling too that uh, pain always ha- has an important message to us that there's no meaningless pain. Uh, the pain is always real and it always has an important message about the way we're living. Or I couldn't agree more. And one of the sad things that's happening in the chronic pain community, the treaters of chronic pain, the health professionals that work with chronic pain patients, is this notion that chronic pain is useless. And some, some people call it malignant, not like a cancer, but really bad, you know, terrible. And it's useless and it's wrong, all those kind of things. I think it's such a terrible misunderstanding. It's a very superficial misunderstanding. Look, pain is one of the most important phenomenon or symptoms, if you want to call it, that humans have. We get all kinds of symptoms. We get rashes, we get shortness of breath, swelling of the ankles, all kinds of things, cough. But we'll always, always, as human beings, have pain. Pain is an important part of the human life. And so there is, in my experience, my personal experience, as well as my professional experience over many years, is that there is meaning and purpose behind pain itself. It's a teacher to a certain extent. Yes. I know in, in my um, experience, Brian, in rehabilitation, I actually did meet a person who had no pain. And uh, that person did not survive. And I understood that uh, pain is a... Uh, is the, probably the most important sensitivity we have in surviving in life. So it's essential. Well, we make the difference between acute pain, which is new, fresh onset pain, and chronic or long-term pain. And so, of course, if you're going to touch a hot stove, it's important to know that that's going to burn you. And so that's the acute pain mechanism. We absolutely, it's quite understandable. Everyone understands. You can't live without it. And these poor, unfortunate, and rare people who don't have any pain sensitivity, they don't live long in the world. But then there's the chronic pain. We can live with it. We have lives, but we still have this pain every day. And so that's made the medical or health professional community think that it's useless. It's not like acute pain. It's not signaling warning. There's no reason for it. 
But in fact, it's, so it's a little bit different. The approach, I think, is a little different. It's the idea that I, I do believe that medical science will improve to the point where we will have better, better treatments for physical pain, no doubt. But while we don't have those treatments, the message still is for me, you have to change the way you do things. You have to change your physical health. You've got to change your emotional. And when you do these things, pain settles. In fact, it's probably the same for any long-term health condition. When you're physically better, when you're emotionally better, nutritionally better, spiritually better, whatever that condition is, it improves. But it doesn't mean it goes away. And I want to be clear to any of the listeners that they don't hear that the pain is psychologically based, that they've caused their pain knowingly or unknowingly. There are biological aspects of this pain, which we're trying to work out. But a better quality life will will decrease the pain to a certain extent. In my experience, it usually doesn't take it away. But more importantly, you grow as a human being, and that's what life is about, growing and learning to live this life, even though you have pain. Mm. Brian, uh, in acceptance and commitment therapy, we, talk, we use the word acceptance. Yes. And um, I know from my own experience with uh, working with uh, patients with chronic pain that people don't like that word. They and, don't. No, it feels like it, it's like saying to them, um, it's like that your pain is not real. Just accept it. And so, if if we had a person sitting with us here right now, how would you explain acceptance as as the opposite of fighting with your pain? And this is one of the great things I've learned from acceptance and commitment therapy literature and understanding. I can actually tell you exactly of a of a situation that happened with me last week with my patient Anthony. This is exactly to the point. So let me just briefly tell you about Anthony. He's 37 years old. He has had pain in his life for about five years after a fall and an injury. He had quite significant chronic low back pain. He's also an anxious guy, worries all the time, worries about the future. And now the pain problem in his life, he's even worries more. So he just said this to me. We've been working together for a bit. He's learning some of the concepts. But last week he said to me, I just can't accept this pain. If you look in the future and in the way I'm going to, how can I, I've got children and he's off into the future, the problems he's going to have with this pain. He said, I, how can you accept something like this? So I said, Anthony, can you work with me for a second here? He said, sure. So I said, right now, just sit back and I want you to do a scan of your body right now. I want you, I'm going to stop talking for a moment or two, just scan your body and assess what you feel physically. So we did that for a few moments. And of course, he knew about his pain. And I, he said, maybe there's something in your chest or your abdomen. Just assess where you're at physically. And then I said to him, now, Anthony, I want you to just sit back for a moment in silence and just assess what your mind is thinking. And he's learning that minds are always generating thoughts. We can't stop that process. So in silence, he listened to some of his thoughts. And I said, now, Anthony, assess what you're feeling emotionally, angry, frustrated, neutral, bored, interested, just Think for a minute or assess what you're like emotionally. And he did that in silence for a few moments. And then I said, okay, Anthony, let me ask you, sitting back and thinking you've just assessed yourself, would you say that you are right now your pain? And he said, I don't think, what do you mean? So I said, well, if we put your epitaph on a tombstone, would you want it to say Anthony was his pain? Does that mean, is that the sum of your life? Are you your pain? He said, oh, of course not. I'm not my pain. And then I said, are you your thoughts? Are your emotions? The same kind of questioning. 
And he re realized that, no, he's not his thoughts. He's not his emotions either. So I put a big circle up with my arms. And I said, so if we look at your whole life, Anthony, this is your whole life with the big circle. Family, work, friends, pain, thoughts, emotions, all little circles within the big circle. So I said, can you see that these things are part of all of you, that you're bigger than all these things? And he said, I can see that. So I said, so in this moment, because Anthony, we've talked about this, and I'll remind you again, this is the only time that exists. Right now is the only time. So in this moment, are you able to accept the wholeness of your life at this moment? And he said, and I could see in his eyes, the light went off. The light bulb went off in his head. He got it. And he said, ah, I think I can see that now. Uh, so one of the principles of ACT is, and mindfulness, living in the moment, present, being present in this moment is so central to ACT therapy and teachings. So people get this, like with, with chronic pain, people get the big picture. How can you live with pain for the rest of your life? Forget about that. What about this moment? Can you live with it in this moment? And almost always, of course, the answer is yes. And yeah. to me, that's acceptance. Okay. So acceptance would be then um, accepting the the reality of this moment. That's right. All the things that are happening in this moment. Mm. There's actually a quote from Stephen Hayes, you know, one of the founding members, of, founding fathers mm. of ACT. And if I could read it, can yep. I read this quote? Yes. For it's something people don't think about with respect to acceptance. So it's the voluntary adoption of an intentionally open, receptive, flexible, and non-judgmental posture with respect to moment-to-moment -moment experience. A bit complicated, but it says, in this moment, can you, can you in a non-judgmental way, accept what's going on in this moment? Can you see what's going on in this moment without judgment? Can you be flexible about this moment? Yeah. Can you be open about this moment? And that's acceptance. And that would be different than... Um, your fears about or fantasies about how it's going to be in the future or, um, or or maybe injustices from the past what actually is this moment exactly. so, sometimes I think about uh, if you're riding a bicycle and if you are and you're going up a hill if you can look right straight forward you can you can manage to get up won't take one step at a time but if you look up and see the hill yeah exactly. <laughs> You can, or another, another similar one is that you're you're taking a long drive, a 500 mile drive, but you leave it in the, at nighttime, so it's completely dark outside. Your headlights only see 200 feet or you know 100 meters in front of you. Is that good enough to get on your journey of a 500 miles? Well, of course it is. That's all we have to see, just a little bit in front of us. Yeah, yeah, I like that, Brian. So if 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 a person now. Um, finds an acceptance for what is actually going on right now um, and stops, you know, puts down their weapons and stops fighting the pain, um, then they could put their energy into more meaningful uh, activities. And, and you're saying that that probably does affect the pain experience. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. So mm -hmm. too many people put their lives on hold to handle their pain. Because, of course, whenever you move, if you've got a physical pain like your back pain or chronic neck pain or headaches, fibromyalgia, whenever you move, the pain levels increase. So people too often think that, therefore, to help the pain, I better not move. Mm -hmm. And they literally stop doing things. Their lives become much quieter. 
much more sedentary. So they're not healthy being sedentary, but also life becomes quite boring. <laughs> and what people notice with chronic pain over time is not only has life become depressing, then they're depressed now, but their pain levels have not changed. And in fact, pain levels in that situation increase because what do you do when you're with yourself all day? You think about your pain. Yeah. Yeah. It's about accepting or coming to understand that you're going to have these pains, but you can live a life. Mm -hmm. And so the work I do with people isn't centered around the physical decrease in pain. I tell people that'll take care of itself over time. It's about how can pain sufferers find quality and meaningful lives. And my experience is when people do that, they usually say, you know, one of two things. I don't think about my pain that much anymore. But more importantly, most people over the course of time, and it does take time, maybe a few years even, people will say, yeah, pain levels are better. So really, we look at it sort of in a bit of a backwards way. It's about living a quality life as a way of handling the pain. It's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. Brian, could I tell you about a patient that I've had? Uh, this is you mentioned in the beginning of the program that when I asked you how would you start and you st- said you would start with compassion. Yes. And, and this is my experience. I I met a woman uh, who was in her early 60s and she you know in Sweden you can be unsickly for a very long time and she actually had been at home for 10 years uh, and had been quite isolated in her home and battling pain. And when I I actually went to her home to do this work, and I, I, when I came home to her house and looked into her eyes, I really saw a person beyond all this pain. And I saw a woman who was whole and competent and who really longed for a life of integrity. And, and when she saw that I saw her competency, and I saw with eyes of compassion and I saw her as not a as a broken person that needed to be fixed but someone who was much greater than her pain uh, it it seemed that that was enough for her to stop battling almost like I was able to tempt her to want to start living and all by herself she got back into contact with her grandchildren and started calling her old friends and went out with her dog and actually it was she did that all on her own only by her feeling that she was seen as a competent human being yeah that's that's beautiful and so important that we all want relationships we all want to be understood we all want to be whether we know it or not in empathically attuned relationships in fact i understood this well before I learned about the ACT ideas as a family doctor, I would see my chronic pain patients regularly, even though I didn't have anything, quote-unquote, as a doctor, to offer them. I listened to them. I was with them. I encouraged them. Whatever we did, we had a close relationship. And just on that basis alone, over the course of time, people began to improve. Mm. And, you know, what's so sad um, from a health professional point of view is that Pain is a challenging symptom. And I know doctors are schooled or educated, socialized to fix things. Yeah. And so doctors can't fix pain. Doctors don't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they reject the patient. Go live with it. You have to accept it or whatever the things they say. They reject the patient, which only makes the patient spiral down even further. Yeah. So if you get out of the fixing mode, you can be like that's people say to me, 
how can you live, how can you work with chronic pain patients every day, especially my medical colleagues? Yeah. And one of the things I learned early on is that I'm not there to fix anybody. I'm there to be in an attuned, empathic, caring relationship. Plus, I have learned a few skills along the way to make the process work a little faster. But yeah, that's so important. People want to be heard and want to be understood. If if you were to be honest, Brian, do you think that um, part of this fixing is that uh, we have a hard time watching people suffer? Uh, That's right. We don't like the people to cry, and we don't like people to have pain. And so that I don't have to suffer, uh, I I have to yep. help you not suffer. <laughs> They're very good, absolutely. Yeah, none of us are very good at living with our feelings, sometimes even good feelings, but mostly our so-called negative or problematic feelings, we want to run away from them. And so, sure, health practitioners are like so many others, we want to run away from experience. And at the acceptance and community therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy model teaches us how you can live with all kinds of experience. So in our approach, with the ACT approach, we're not trying so hard to stop the symptom. There's a line I'm saying to my patients regularly. My job is less to make you feel better, but it's more to be better at feeling. And so when people are feeling strong feelings, powerful emotions, anxiety, fear, depression, we can't take those away in life. They serve us. They're important. But you can learn, and without, we don't have time, of course, in this broadcast to talk about how we do it, but you can learn to be with those feelings. And same with the physical feelings. It hurts, Absolutely. But you don't have to be angry about it or sad about it or nervous about it or fearful. You be with it. And there's ways and methods to do that. Yeah. I was, you know, Brian, I, um, if we were to talk about your pain again, uh, uh, you and I actually did do a pain treatment together. Yes, we did. <laughs> we did. And I was thinking about if we were to take one step further in acceptance. So actually, uh, you could say an acute pain, you could actually, when you're saying feeling, by focusing, because often we're, we're taught don't, you know, don't try not to think about the pain or try to distract yourself from the pain. But actually right. what we were doing there was focusing on the pain. Could you explain that, like how, how that yeah. works? As you say, you're right. People are frightened of pain, and so... Ask them to focus on their pain. The first thing the mind says is, no, I don't want to go there. Yes. That's too frightening. Because what happens as soon as they're not aware of it, but as soon as they get anxious, the body tightens up, the muscles usually tighten up around the painful spot and make it worse. So their experience is, I don't want to go there mentally. I don't want to think about it. But of course, I've had a lot of work on myself and I'm coming to terms with this. So you and I were able to do that quite well. And you begin as you, you can learn as you accept, as you sort of mentally move into your painful spot. So mentally you're thinking about your back pain. You're actually thinking about your back pain as an example. You can learn to let go. And the little work that we did together is about letting go and stopping guarding all these things. Mm -hmm. The guarding of it, the changing of your movements and postures to try to help pain, it just makes things worse. Let it go. Be there. And the body spontaneously, naturally relaxes into it. So you have to move through it, yeah. I think what you're saying is very important there, Brian, the guarding and the protecting of body parts that hurt. Um, sometimes people actually think that that is the pain, but it's more the natural way we, we try to protect ourselves by guarding. 
Sure. Holding. If you you sprain your ankle, it's natural to put your ankle up and get off your feet. Well, you do that for a day or so, but then you got to start walking. Because if you keep off your feet too much in the sprained ankle example, it's actually the, the whole injury sets in more. So people naturally sort of know that and they start walking. And they, even though it hurts, it gets better. Is individuals with chronic pain tend to be a bit different. And the ones that get into trouble with it, they, if you use the limping, they'll just, or the ankle sprain, they'll just keep not walking or limping, which only makes it worse. Yeah. Isn't that true, Brian, in many, many medical fields? I remember that, you know, after a heart attack, you would be put to bed for a week, or even yes. after a, a delivery of a baby, you would be bedded down. But today, isn't it so? Even with a broken leg, um, it's seen that the uh, by by gently moving and getting your blood circulation and oxygen to the muscles, that that is the way to help the body to heal, to actually move. It's, the pain is signaling to somewhere in the brain or in the, in the body, this is where the problem is. Go here. Fix yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got to move to get the body's knowledge, know-how to go ahead and work on that spot. But I think when people get into real trouble with chronic pain, fear is the issue. Fear sets in. Because pain hurts. By definition, obviously, it hurts. And then people get frightened. So if they move, pain levels go up. Then if you get fearful, you're going to stop moving. And then through being immobilized and deconditioned, pain levels go up again. So that vicious cycle of pain and fear needs to be really looked at and appreciated. So people need to learn to notice that they're frightened and how to manage that part of it and act is a wonderful therapy, the best therapy that I know, to help people notice what's going on in the mind and work with it to manage the fear, for example, and walk anyway, that kind okay. of thing. That sounds like good advice, Brian. So if you had a couple of last words to say to the person here at the table that with that is suffering from pain, what would be your final words? Get into your life. Figure it out how to get into your life. I know it's not easy. You're probably going to need some counseling or schooling. There's lots of books out there. But don't avoid your life because of your pain. Thank you very much, Brian. And thank you for being with us today. Uh, so when when pain was unavoidable, uh, it was bearable. And when pain becomes avoidable, it becomes unbearable. Is that A quote that I like. Fighting with your own pain is a war that no one wins. So thank you very much, Brian, for being with us today. Uh, Thank you you for having me. If you want to read more about Brian, you can look at the website um, page and click on his name. You can find more about Brian Kirsch from Toronto. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Joanne, please see her website at joannedahl.com or click on the host website button in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. You may also see her books, The Art of Science of Valuing in Psychotherapy, Living Beyond Pain, Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy to Ease Chronic Pain, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy for Chronic Pain, Values in Action, and Epilepsy, a Behavior Medicine Approach to Assessment and Treatment in Children. All of these are found easily by clicking the cover or going to Amazon.com. We hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope.